way into the podcast. Just easing in in there with some background chit chat and then, yeah, okay. Yeah. In in fact, we've been recording right now, so I'm going to have Bobby say hi and introduce us. Hi, this is Bobby. You are listening to The Longest One Night Stand with Bobby. And Ro. And today, we have a very special guest that I want to welcome to the show. It's Mariah, and she is the host of the Salty Sex Cast, which is a sexual education podcast sharing positive messages around sex-related content. And Mariah, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I... Because I want to make sure that we we get the the title correctly. We did talk about this before, but I want to make sure that we get it 100% correctly because of one of my shows, I'm the Stone Genius. So taking that into account, I may have screwed up what you had told me to say. So I will let you introduce yourself, Mariah. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, Ro, I do the same thing with a lot of my guests. So I'm like, I'm going to screw it up and I want to honor who that person is so it's easier for them to introduce themselves, right? Right. Um, so I'm Mariah, the host of Salty Sex Cast. I am a national board certified health and wellness coach and a certified health education specialist um, coming from Utah. So it's kind of a big deal to be talking about sex and having such a public platform with sex. And there's still part of me that has one foot in the closet with this podcast, which is really hard to do with how popular it is i mean how well known how uh, you know our listenership that kind of thing so and that's one thing that's interesting is when i have uh-huh. told people leading up to this that i was going to have you on and what you did they go well a lot of times they'll go well it, are they local and i'm like no <laughs> she's from utah and they're like what i mean it's always like this is happening in utah and i'm like yeah it is yeah Lots of things are happening in Utah, actually. Um, You know, we have such a strong, um, high religion culture. So the counterculture is just as crazy, um, but we're just hidden in the shadows a little bit more. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Once you start pulling back some of the curtains here in Utah, you're like, oh, dang. Oh, right. And that's some, that's some things that, you know, I wouldn't even thought about the counterculture when something is so strong in one direction, you do have that counterculture and that pushback. You know, that's something I didn't even think about with Mm -hmm. Utah because of the demographics, I believe that the major religion in Mormon and they... The roommate that I had when I met Bob, he passed away, and that's actually how I met Bobby, but he was Mormon, and Mm. I remember him, he was not very, but I've always been fairly open about talking about anything, and I remember he was very reserved about any of that, and do you find that a lot in the Utah, that it's probably more suppressed or more Um, quiet i don't even know what the term would be it's hushed yeah hushed it's secretive it's whispered right um so that's the exact reason why i started the podcast so being a a health coach and meeting with clients one-on-one my niche my my um specialty is in body image so talking about body image a lot of times 
coming up, being vulnerable, being sexual, being an intimate person, a lot of times it like it's this parallel universe along with body image. And so no one would even dare bring it up in coaching sessions. They were terrified right. of and not talking about it. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't been intimate with my husband in six months because I'm so worried about what he thinks about my body. I'm like, whoa, you know? And so I'm like, this is something we need. And we need a safe platform, you know? Like I can listen to a podcast. No one knows what I'm reading. It's not like right. this big book I'm lugging around. And it can be, um, but it it went, the, you know, the podcast went international really quick and noticed there's a lot of other audiences that have, you know, repressed feelings and, and never had open discussions about intimacy and sex and sexual wellness that it was ever even on the table and that I'm deserving of optimal sexual wellness. Like right. most folks don't even think about that. If they're talking about sexuality, usually they're talking about the the problems, what's right. not working. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and I've noticed that. And, you know, I getting it, preparing for this, Show generally, I try to write down a lot of questions and then I'll come up with follow up questions. But man, with this subject, <laughs> I was all over the place. And one thing I found out recently that someone that I've known for many years that I interviewed on the the podcast, they had told me afterwards I was talking about something else, and they said afterward, and I don't even know what I was talking about. But they said, "Man, I didn't know we were such good friends." And I was, I kind of, oh. I was like, "What? What do you mean?" And they go, "Well, you're just, you know, sharing this stuff with me." And to me, I, I was kind of taken aback by that because that's just, I will share anything with anyone. I mean, I don't have, I have a filter, but I, I can remove that. If someone wants to talk about something, I will talk about. It. And it just was very shocking that because of the way I talked about that, they interpreted and it, and I, and it was, I think it was something about sex. I, oh, I think it was it was about a sex toy. And so, you know, if you talk about that, people are like, and and that's another thing. I don't really like the, the name sex toy, and there's a lot of things. But it, it was just weird that someone just talking about it, that people were so taken aback that they thought we were super good friends. And do you find that, that people, that it's, that they can only talk to someone they can really trust about this more often than like me who can just talk to anyone that I just met about anything. <laughs> See, and that was the thing I, I shared in on one of my most recent episodes is my first monologue episode. And I was like, man, like that was something always easy for me to talk about. Right. I am an oversharer. TMI is kind of one of those things that I've been known for. And it's because I don't have a lot of shame in my human experience. Um, I guess that that button just didn't work with me. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I'm happy to share it. And then I've noticed a lot of people start gravitating towards me and want to share more. That's probably why I make a really good coach, um, which is really funny because in my coaching sessions, I don't share anything about myself, but how you, you know, speak with people. Right. They're willing to open up. Right. And so, um, being able to just have those harder conversations, a lot of people were able to be like, wow, I had never had anyone to talk th about this to. Or when I was talking about them, you know, I thought they were judging me or I was worried about this, that or the other. But um, so that was just something that I've noticed for myself. A lot of people and I'm willing to talk about things 
Um, but I asked myself, why is everyone so afraid to talk about hard things? And I guess that's why I'm a good, like the podcast was good for me. Right. Because I'm willing to just talk about whatever, like there's not much off the table. I'm learning. That are are you feeling that you're getting as much out of the podcast doing it yourself as you're getting back from the response? I mean, is it cathartic to you to do that and be able to talk about things that maybe you haven't been able to talk about in the past that you wanted to talk about? Oh my gosh, it is incredibly healing in those areas. Like it is something that um, my producer and I talk about all the time. Um, and anytime like we're having um, like spats with our spouses or anything, I'm like, just get on the mics and hit record and just chat with each other. Like it is so crazy how much you're like, oh my gosh, and re-listen to things and you're like, okay, that's no longer a problem for me. Now that I feel like um, I've been able to work things out and it's not just out there in the universe and then forgotten as quickly as I say it, it like is, has some type of, I don't Stain know, power. it's amazing. Right. Yeah, it really does. It's really cool. And you know, sometimes I think that the, the terminology that's used like sex toys is one mm. because a lot of times people don't associate at least with my age, I'm 54 that, you know, toys are for kids, not for adults. So if you call it a sex toy, then that's not an actual something. So the, the term that I have, if I talk about it with something, someone, I will say uh, it's a sex condiment. And they look at me weird. And I'm like, well, do you like French fries? And they're like, yeah. And I go, do you put ketchup on your French fries? And they go, yeah. And I go, ketchup's a condiment. I go, ketchup, does it make your French fries better? And they're like, yeah. I go, boom, sex toy. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, break it down for them so they can understand that it's, it can make things enjoyable. Now, uh, so you have a little accessory. Yes. Yeah. That would, that's a good one too. I was just trying to think of something because I think the terminology will, can, prevent people from, you know, I I don't understand. I've never understood that. Like sometimes when people talk about sex, like if someone was to say something about my parents having sex, I don't have the same reaction. Like a lot of people are like, oh, gross. And they don't. And I'm like, are you physic? Are you literally thinking about your parents? I mean, are you in your mind thinking about your parents having sex? Because I don't understand that react. You know, it just seems like, so I don't know if they feel like that's the reaction they're supposed to have or whether mm-hmm. I just pr- am processing that information differently. Yeah. I mean, do you, well, I was just, saying, do, do other people have that? I mean, it, it just, there seems to be a, a huge disconnect out there. Massive disconnect. I mean, you even think about the words we call each other when we're like, you know, trying to either give each other shit or make fun of each other. It's like, ah, oh, don't be such a dick. You're such a pussy. Right. We have this, all of these sexual words have been used historically um, as derogatory, as dirty, as mean, as even the word sex. Um, you know, you get kids giggling at like oh is that a male or female sex you know and they're like ah so you have to say gender you know whatever it is like in health class um all sorts of things you know because of language and the conditioning we've had around that language and so it makes us you know a little squirmish and and it's hard to talk about it when really you start taking that power away or you start putting power into it in the direction that it's meant to be used it's really really empowering 
and taking that and and redefining it for yourself why does the word sex toy and you brought it you broke it down okay toys are for for play for kids right. and this is not a kids activity this is an adult activity but for me toys and play and sex is fine because i do view sex as an adult version of play right and yes. so I'm, I'm okay with that right and so it's just kind of redefining it asking yourself why do I squirm with this? Oh, conditioning. My mom said, no, 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 we don't use that word at home growing up forever. Right. And so then I couldn't like all of a sudden as an adult, just magically be okay with that word, whatever it is. Right. Right. And I do think that's difficult that, Mm -hmm. and Bobby grew up and you can tell with her silence. She's here. I originally thought when we (laughs) did this, that she would not be on because she does not like to communicate about this. And so here's a quick history for you and for people that are just joining the show for the first time, because I'm sure with this topic, there will be new first time listeners. Bobby and I met just over 20, 26 years ago, February 3rd, for what I anticipated to be a wonderful one night stand. And now we're 26 years into this, two kids, two (laughs) grown kids. And so our journey was much different. We found out that she was pregnant, you know, four to six weeks into she was having back pains and went to the hospital. I dropped her off thinking she's going to be in the emergency room for something. (laughs) I come back and I go, yeah, I'm looking for my friend, Bobby Lochner. They're like, oh, she's in the maternity ward. So I sat down for a minute. So anyway, our, our journey was much different because we had a, we had our first child nine and a half months after we met. Mm-hmm. And then, so we didn't have the courting going out. And now that we're empty nesters, we're starting to do more and do more things. Um, I don't want to say that we're more open exploring now that we're empty nesters, but we it, I, we have yes days where we just figure... Yeah. Bobby's giving me... She, she's shaking her you head. Have we have you yes days. Have a- we have yes days where we have a hand signal. Be like, no, no, no. Well, no, it just uh, just for anything, if it, anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, just anything that goes. But you know, it, it's been very difficult. And one thing that I have always tried to do with her because it is difficult for her to communicate. And I'm watching her while I say this. That I have said, you know, always tell me what you want. If you want me faster, slower, left, right, uh, whatever you want. Tell. And she goes, I can't say that. Yep. But then I'll give her a back massage and she'll be like, no, a little deeper right there. Oh, no to the left. And so I'm always like, see, you do have the community. You can use the word. I will tell you why. Okay. Because I feel like in the moment it will just like, my thinking is it's going to like, it takes, you know, it takes a lot for me to, I mean, I have to focus. Okay. Right. And with kids in the house, that was very <laughs> difficult. So, And so me talking to you is completely redirecting my focus. So that's why mm-hmm. I feel I don't want to interrupt it. Say. I can't even tell you how many years it took before I could get her to look me in the eyes. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, you know, when women are in the, like, the turn on response, right? Like... <laughs> to speak, to even understand language in that moment, a lot of times that's going to pull us from it. Um, Like it's a multifaceted thing. There's so typically women are so turned on to like all of the um, receptors, you know, we're paying attention to 
what's going on, what's coming up, you know, like just heightened sense of awareness. And so any interruption with that, now we're pulled from the uh, turn on response, right? And I'm like, oh, right. I'm already thinking about groceries right now. Right. And I'm I not a talker be. even, and you know that. Like, I do. I'm not even a talker. Like, yeah. I don't talk to people like Rodney does, and it's like... I don't know. Uh, Mariah, I don't know if you've... Have you seen the movie Trainwrecked with... Uh, what's it? Amy <laughs> Schumer? And John Cena. There's a, there's a part yes. of, uh, where uh, there, uh, she's in bed with John Cena, and she wants him to talk to her during sex. And I think it is one of the funniest scenes of any movie. I just die hysterically when he's trying to talk to her. And sometimes I get that, that if that's not... Because... And I'm not sure I wanted to say that Bobby was like John Cena, but in that time, (laughs) the communication, it was just, it was different. He was being weird and funny about it. And she just has that. What would you think would be the best for not only us, but for someone else? Because there are other people that would have this communication. Is it a talk about it beforehand, well in advance beforehand? I mean, how? how, All of the above. Okay. All the above. Now, so it's, it, it's little pulls here and there, right? You know, it is when you guys are whatever your aftercare looks like, if it's snuggling, if it's like, you know, doing a cleanup together, whatever that looks like, just say one good thing that you enjoyed. Ooh, I liked that. And that has what, you know, and it builds trust without the huge expectation of now I need to break everything down play by play. But as long as you know, hey, I can take that little, you know, one thing, and I can definitely make sure I can do that again, or now that I know what she likes, or maybe, and if you're going to say one thing, I would highly recommend it be a positive. But if you wanted to bring in, hey, I wasn't a big fan of that, definitely end up with a positive too. So then bring in two things. Um, So it can look like aftercare, it can look like if you guys are watching um, porn together or something like that, she can be like, Hey, and like give you a hand squeeze, like she's interested in that, something like that. Right. It can be very, very little. It doesn't even have to be verbal. It can, you know, hey, when you squeeze my arm like that or, you know, do this, I know that that's something you like more of. Um, I'm not a verbal person either, and I've had to really build that up. Okay. So now here's something that mm -hmm. I thought was interesting to me so and and i'll back up with my nudity because we'll get into that my i was raised in a church everyone in my family was in a church my grandfather was minister my grandmother worked in the church my dad worked in the church my mom so they all worked in the church so i grew up very repressed and I was adopted. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you were adopted. Your parents just couldn't have kids. If you've ever met my parents, you'd be like, yes, but they probably didn't have sex. There's just no planet on. There's no parallel universe where I can ever see them having sex. I don't know why. But anyway, so I was very repressed. And back in the early 90s, I was dating someone from overseas, from Denmark. And it was one of our first dates and she she was coming over and we were going to go out and she needed to change at our place. And so I had taken her back to the bedroom and I was going to the bathroom down there and showing her, and she just started getting undressed in front of me. And I was like, I remember saying, wow, you're not very shy, are you? And she goes, you Americans are so weird about the body. Uh-huh. And for some reason that clicked 
And ever, ever after that, I'm like, why am I upset about my body? I mean, why should I care? And on your nudity, the, uh, the episode that you do about nudity, there was a mm-hmm. great uh, comment by your guests where they said, the nudity is not for the other people. I always say that to my wife. It's for, it's for me. And like, I don't, I'm not the, the, uh, like a nudist. I don't want to go, sh- I like to be nude all the time. It, I mean, it, I that I would prefer not having clothes on and just being in a super warm house. But so many people think that's weird, and so my feelings of that kind of changed changed on a dime when I heard that comment. Well, doing research for this show, I started thinking about when people ask, "How's your sex life?" The most common answer is a number. We do it three times a week. We do it five times mm. a week. We do it, we're watching Real Housewives of Dallas. Someone does it Every 10 day. times a week. Twice a day. Yeah, twice yeah. A day you know, <laughs> so, so, but, so it, it was always a number. And I always thought about that because like either that night or the night before, I was like, you know, if that was the only time we did it this month, that was pretty amazing. My eyes rolled back in my head. I said hello to God. And I think my toes may have curled as well. But it's just kind of weird that that, do you find that a lot that when people are quantifying how good they're, their sex life is that they are kind of, it seems like I was missing the mark because I was always, I would relate a number as opposed to Mm. the quality of it. Well, and when you're saying a number, you are, or even a quality, you're still making the assumption that this is partnered intimacy, right? You can still be a very intimate person with yourself. And in fact, it's, great healthy way to learn what you like and what you don't and what you want more of. Um, and it's a perfectly healthy thing when it is, you know, still checked with your partner and things like that, that it's not, Hey, I'm just being intimate with myself five times a day and then I'm not interested in you. Right. Um, you know, obviously that's when we have, um, problems, but it is, it's an interesting concept of of what people even view as what's good, what's bad. I don't know. I only have media or, you know, porn or anything else to compare off of, right? You brought in like real housewives or like TV shows. Right. Are these true things? Should I be comparing on? Um, So that's the biggest question is, is what is your view of, quality, healthy intimacy. And so is that to the end, that'll be to each individual and then to each couple or however that, that plays out. But that mm-hmm. would be an individual. I mean, you can't compare to other people. And right. They can't compare to you. I mean, we had a couple that had anniversary and birthday sex. Like, I mean. And that is, is <laughs> like, to me, that is such a foreign concept. <laughs> So I, cause one of the things about Bobby and I, I think that intimacy helps our, I mean, I, I always, there's something that it, it changes in our, I don't want to say in our dynamic, but it just, it, it en- enhances our overall relationship. She's rolling Absolutely. her eyes. And, She's and rolling her eyes because she was, she was like, she doesn't. You want it all the time. Well. I try, but. I know. I'm not there. I know. That's all right. So do you, we, I'm, yeah, so she's sexy. I can't help it. So, yeah. But <laughs> oh, and I mean, that's the, the number one thing that like relationships or, or sex therapists, well, mostly relationship therapists will look at is, you know, where is your intimacy level 
Um, and because that's like the canary in the coal mine, right? If, right? if things are off, most likely your relationship, something's going on in your relationship. If, you know, you used to have sex three times a week and now it's only once a month, hey, what's going on? You know, that kind of thing. But that's, again, partnered or, or part, you know, anytime. And when I say partnered, that does mean any more than one partner. I want to make sure I'm, um, being inclusive with all of those you know, different types right. of relationships, but um, with individuals, you know, just like um, Bobby was saying, hey, you want it more than I do. That is 100% normal. Every couple has different drives at different times. It can shift from day to day. It can be a typical, it can be, you know, like, there are rare, rare times and right. And it's probably the stars aligning when you both want it equally and you have the opportunity and there's no distractions or whatever. Like that's, that's usually like the toe curling, the just amazing. Oh my gosh, we were on a different, you know, right. universe, <laughs> but it's rare that that happens, right? We're all different individuals. We have different levels of homeostasis. We have different things that we are working on. Um, different factors. And so to have the expectation that you're always going to have the same sex drive as your partner or partners is um, something I'd, I would highly encourage everyone to just let go of that expectation and try to figure out how do you navigate with having two different or three different or multiple different sex drives. Right. That's the goal. Not to meet your partner and you both have the same sex drive but to find out where you can connect and overlap on those. Yeah. And that does make a lot of sense. And that's some things that I guess there's many different terms, love language or whatever. There are times where I know that to help enhance Bobby's, and I'll say state of mind, just so that she's more receptive to that later in the evening. Like if I, do the dishes or clean up or do some, <laughs> you know, or doing little things to, to help take something that may have been on their plate generally, or they were anticipating having to do when they got home and you remove that. That's always, you know, like if you're stuck going to a meeting and you get to go home early, that's always say, Oh, that's awesome. So if you get home and you have that, and I know that that mm -hmm. is, I, I can see that on her face that she's appreciative of little things oh, like yeah. that. One mm -hmm. of the things that I think is interesting that as we have started to explore our journey more, she, Bobby, does not like, if I said I was going to buy lingerie for you today, what would you say? Um, yeah. She is not a fan of me buying lingerie for her. Do you want to explain why? Because I wear it for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I will tell you one of the one of the best things I have in the 26 plus years I've been with Bobby and she knows what story this is that I've only surprised her a few times, like really 100 percent like caught her off guard. And typically I am very good at knowing how a situation is going to play out. If I have a conversation or something with someone, I've already anticipated every possible outcome to that. And so I, I knew how this was going to play out. So I, I called Bobby. I knew she would be mad. We were going out. We were going to a jazz club. And I called her and I said, 
hey, I got some underwear for you tonight. And she was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. (laughs) And so when she gets home, there's an empty underwear box on the bed. And she goes, (laughs) what did you say when you saw that box? You came out and because you were, you said something like, oh, where's the underwear or was this one I'm supposed to wear? Yeah. Something because she, she did, she thought that I was like trying to joke like, oh, don't wear any underwear. And I go, oh, you Mm -hmm. misunderstood me. I go, the underwear is for, uh, for For you. you. And I was wearing it. (laughs) So I had bought, and the thing that was very upsetting at the time is men's like, I don't know what you'd call it, sex, sexy wear. I'm not sure it'd be called laundry. Intimate what, wear. Sure, <laughs> intimate wear for men, yes. Is very lacking. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, unless you want it to be in a tuxedo or have an elephant's trunk, there's the, <laughs> I mean, and honestly, what I got is honestly an overpriced jock strap with like a designer <laughs> logo on the waistband. <laughs> but it was so yeah. amazing the her reaction because it was, she was so caught off guard but I knew I, I I had totally anticipated all that so I wore it and and that was the thing is that I always tell her the lingerie is for you not to put on right before we go to bed but for you to wear so that I know that it's there that I'm anticipating until that time but do you find that it is harder for men to, it seems like sometimes men are just like, I want sex, let's do it. And mm-hmm. do you, do you, do you find it harder for men to be more involved in the, not game, the dance? I don't know what you would call it, but the, the effort. Yes. The effort. Um, I mean, this again is a lot of societal conditioning, right? That men are owed sex, that they are expected expecting sex because they've put, you know, even when you were saying like, Hey, I did the dishes. You probably weren't even saying I did the dishes. So no, I'm expecting sex, but that thought is still tickling your subconscious. Yes. Um, you want to take that stressor from her. So then she can be maybe in the more and more in the mood because now she doesn't have to worry about that. Or she was excited that you did something. So maybe she wants to return the favor. And even if this isn't her thought, That is typically the motivation for some of those acts. So check what is motivating you to, you know, create more intimacy or or even just like less stress in the relationship or less stress on your partner, whatever, and say, I want to do that for them. And that stops there. If I get something in return, it's purely a bonus. And just taking that off the table of now I'm expecting it, but I did the dishes. Right. And so if it doesn't happen, then there's going to be, you know, pouting or whatever, you know, like however you want to look at it. Right. Even if it's not intentional, it does start to happen on the subconscious level. And then it becomes an expectation and a cycle thing that puts a lot of stress on your partner when they just wanted to come home. They were so relieved that the dishes are done. And then they're like, I'm still so stressed out. I just need to go veg. But now I'm supposed to perform and act like I'm super excited. Because if I'm not, then my partner will never help me with dishes again. Right. And I do think. And whole stress conversation. Yeah. Right. And so then you can add stress. And that's one thing that as an adult, and I've always tried to instill in, we've tried to instill in our daughters, is do things without expectation. 
Absolutely. I mean, because it's the best thing. You know, yeah. I don't want I I don't want to be expected to do something that I don't really want to because you just expect me to do it. It should it should be something that I want to do because it, it it is of my free will and and I enjoy that. So, well, I, let's even let's even you know kind of switch that scenario a little bit. Let's say that you know you and Bobby talk about hey, I, can you use a couple words next time we're intimate. So I know what's working, what's not or whatever. And she says, yeah, I can probably do that. We've talked about what we can. So she has that. She feels like she's prepared. And then the moment is different. And then she's like, you know what? If I was talking, it probably would have taken me out of that. Or it felt unnatural in that moment, whatever it is. But then you're upset because then you're like, no, you told me you were going to talk. And you were going to use some words or whatever it is. I mean, it can be any type of thing that we're talking about right now. Right. Um, But the expectation was there. And so when you have that expectation, you have more um, possibility for friction and, and let down. Or she did agree to talk next time or use some words next time. But you thought it was going to be this type of words or this much. And it's really... She just said one or two words, right? Right. And that's when you... Or more. (laughs) Right. Because you're giving... You'll give the other person the ability to almost judge. They they are justifying your... Almost like you're justifying your action. Like I always tell my kids, like, if you need to say no to something, just say no. You don't have to explain because an explanation (laughs) to someone ends up being that person is now going to try to justify whether your excuse was good enough. No is fine. You can just say no and you don't need, it it can just be a no. I don't need to explain anything further than that. I I meant to ask you this earlier. What was your epiphany? And I have a lot of epiphanies where I'm just like, oh, well, I've never thought about that. I'll try that. Or I, you know, we've never done that. Or the the whole nudity thing where something just clicks. Was there something that just clicked with you that said, this is what I want my field of endeavor to be? Was there something that just was like, this is the moment. And you remember that moment precisely. For the podcast or sex or so, for So wellness. just for your career. For what for what you do for what what you're doing your podcast what what you're 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 talking about was there something that was like I just I really have to share this message what was that catalyst for you? Um, I grew up um in trauma and so like you know did, but not realizing it was trauma I didn't finally label it till I was in college and then finally like oh. I see where like um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and although I was like, I was just in like the bottom two tiers. I could never get past, you know, self-actualization and anything or like feeling loved, anything like that. And those that really clicked. And I was like, I want to do all of I can to or do all that I can um, to support people in their own journeys of, you know, not just surviving, but thriving, um, more than just living, um, but really, really just enjoying their life, optimal wellness, right? It was something that I was like, I never even thought was on the table. That's how much I was just barely surviving from day to day. 
I never knew I could be a better human being that way. And so um, that's why I went into wellness and, you know, have a master's in, in health promotion education and my certificates in the podcast, because I want people to know that there is more on the table that they've even ever seen or known that they had access to. And it's okay to want to be better than today. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just strange how, do you think that now the younger generation, me being 54, and I think I'm very astute to what's going on, but do you think that the younger generation are more open, accepting, and more verbalized with this? We're talking about sex and sexual wellness, or do you think they have the same? Because a lot of these kids now, they have like parents like ours. Like people always think it's weird that when they, on our very first podcast, our youngest daughter was on, and when we ask what, when Bobby asked what her favorite, the best best, uh, parental advice I ever gave her was it was to always be prepared for a threesome or an orgy. And the response was, well, you've never been in a threesome or an orgy. And I screamed back, I know I wasn't prepared. And so it was kind of a joke. <laughs> but it, it was funny because I've even with my kids, I've ne- that's never been a block for us. Do you? F- and so I know that a lot of parents, if I am suppressed with my own sexuality, I would assume that many parents, if they're feeling that way, would pass that on to your kids. So is there any difference between the now generation and maybe a generation that's in their 40s or 50s or even older than that? Um, you know, whatever the traditional beliefs of sex are, you know, it's it's been kind of this shift for the last, you know, decade or two. Right. Um, because social media, because there's so much information at in our, um, our youth's fingertips and our fingertips, right, we can't, we have no longer can ignore it or just say, you're not ready for that conversation. We'll talk about it later. They're getting those messages now, whether you think they are or not. Right. <laughs> um, and so if we are ignoring it, we are doing a huge disservice to our youth and for, you know, multiple, you know, further generations on. Um, so what it is, is I think more people are calling attention to it and calling out the traditional beliefs, because why not? Why did you tell me I shouldn't do this? Um, Why did, you know, because back before internet or so much access to so much information, it was okay, because like, (laughs) I could get pregnant, and there's no birth control or whatever, you know, there was different fear tactics too. But now, um, because we can pull back the curtain for information, that fear isn't there enough for me to believe you anymore. Like I am going to go find it out. And so, but then that's also the danger of, you know, letting our youth and that find out information because they're going to use pornography. They're going to use other different sources that aren't the healthiest to find their education. And I actually did a lot of people know that. And they're just having conversations earlier. I talk about that on one of the podcasts about pornography, how it was different in the 70s as opposed to today. Because today Mm -hmm. in your pocket, you could access anything you wanted to with your phone. Millions and millions and millions. Yeah, yeah. Just so much 
out there. And back in the um, 70s, I always joked that it was in magazine form. And people, to, <laughs> to find them, if your parents didn't have them, you would go to a shipping container, which was the recycle bin, and people would go put their magazines and newspapers. Because most people, oh, like in Kansas yeah. City, you had morning and evening newspapers. So every week, the average house had 14 newspapers they were getting rid of. And then if you had, you know, magazines and they would put them there so me and my friends we would go up there and it was and I say it was like Indiana Jones because most people were not putting their magazine they would just go throw them in there so they're sliding they're moving I mean it's you're you're not on but you're trying to find a brown bag because because they put the the magazines in the brown bag and so then you had to find so you were going to find and you'd pull that brown bag out and then you would try to find because the, the limited number of magazines you could find eight brown bags in there, and they're all, you know, 1976 Playboys, all, all 12 months, because <laughs> everyone's getting this. So, you know, it was very limited on what you could see. I, I joke in the podcast that you had Hustler, Playboy, and We. And I go, Hustler was for your degenerate, uh, Playboy was for your average Joe, and We was a French magazine for your upper-class people. And I was joking about <laughs> that because that's – if I wanted to see – Naked women, that's what I had to, that's how I had to do it. I couldn't pull mm-hmm. it up on my phone. There wasn't a computer. There wasn't any of that. So I, I is that difficult? You had analog porn. Oh, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> when, for, yeah, yeah, when porn first came out on computers and you had to wait for the picture to load and you'd be so excited and it would load line by line and you'd be like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. So Bobby's <laughs> laughing at me now. She's like, I don't know what dial-up internet is. Right. She's seven years younger than me. So every once in a while, we, we have those conversations, too, about what things are. Now, yeah. I want to tell you, I do have a question from a coworker. And they did tell me this question was not for them. It was for a friend. Of course they okay. So they ask, are some people incapable of experiencing great sex due to physically not being able to? Too. That's how they wrote it. So I guess just are some people just physically incapable of of feeling something from sex, or would that would probably be more of a something in the mind preventing them from enjoying it? I'm there assuming that's are, what her, the question was. Yeah. So the first thing I was thinking of is like, oh, because their body shape, like I, I'm, but I I see what you mean, like the 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 just enjoyment like enjoyment it's it is that's something that if somebody is unable to enjoy sex i mean they could be asexual they could be um conditioned so much that there's a block in their mind that they're just unable to get out of or you know and so you know how people repress memories it could be repressing the sensation during intimacy, right? Because either some, something happened in childhood or, or um, maybe even just messaging and conditioning and fear, there could be so many things, but absolutely people could be going through the actions of sex and not actually getting the climax or the release or, or really enjoying it. Like it really could be like, Hey, having sex with a partner feels the exact same way as just going for a walk down the block, right? right? I know I'm moving my body, but there's not like this oh, amazing connection with this person, you know, cause we're looking at, it's a multifaceted thing, right? It's not just a physical action, right? You are having, 
you know, an endorphin release, you're having the other hormones released that you're connecting with your partner or partners. Like there's so many things, but there absolutely can be chinks in the system where that's not firing like a typical person. Okay. But it, that could be so many different things that are happening. I would say the first thing, go see a therapist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I will actually, I'm not going to pass that along. I'm going to make them listen to the podcast. They'll go, what was the answer? I'll be like, well, listen to the podcast and I guess you'll find out then. So, (laughs) but that's one thing that Bobby and I try to work on is, is communication that Mm -hmm. it's, there was a long time where we, we felt it was a failure if one of us did not come to climax. Or, oh, okay. or what it, you, it was always like, it, it, it seemed like it was like, you know, are you okay? Are you sure? You know, and it was like, you know, it, it felt like, I, I don't know if it felt like a personal failure. You're on one of our parts of that's how we're, but it was just like, you know, I guess you kind of feel let down, like, oh, I couldn't make them do that. Or, or mm, and so we had to get yeah. past that, that's, that it's not always about that as well. And I think sometimes people miss the mark. And I guess it depends on where you are in your relationship or if you're in a relationship. So I think there's a lot of other things that that come in, but Bobby and I have to talk about that stuff quite a bit. And I know that everyone needs to. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we do, but I think that the, and I don't know, I don't ever try to judge like what other people do because Bobby and I always say that we are super weird when it comes to our relationship, just how we process information, how we do things. So I I don't ever want to like read into someone else's relationship, but I just wonder how much community, because I think that I'm very open. It's very easy for me to communicate less so for Bobby to respond. So what happens when you have two people that are less so on communication? I mean, is that just driving a wedge typically be- between someone like that, that if they don't have that ability to communicate? You know, and... and you know, I may be asking way too deep. I mean, yeah. I, I no. a lot of times I just think on the fly because I'm just trying to think about how... It's easy for me to communicate because I do get people, like I mentioned, where they're like, wow, you're, you're, you're a podcaster me a- for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So, but because of that, I wonder, because I do understand that people can't talk like me. And I just wonder if I was like Bobby, how would we ever figure that out? I mean, like, yeah. I don't think we'd ever communicate. Well, I think you answered your question as you were working through that right there, right? I mean, you can only be as well as you're willing to communicate. I laugh when you say that because there are many times, and Bobby was smiling too, that I will start a thought, and by the end of that thought, I've already, I've talked myself into it and out of it in the same breath. So That is what you were saying, you know, that, that healing thing of podcasting, being able to verbally process information it's really cool. Like I get far more from my own podcast than I'm sure my listeners do. Right. Right. We just kind of brought that up at the beginning, but it is because you're, you're verbally processing information. You're working through it and totally don't uh, <laughs> blame me for that. So that's why I was saying, I think you found your own answer. So uh, how often do you have that aha moment when you're doing a podcast? Oh, so, I mean, like when so you're just often. talking, because I do that all the frigging time, but to see, that's one reason. And I will, I will joke that, 
I'm better than someone because I can change my mind on a dime. But I do that all the time. I'll get that aha and I'm like, you know, oh, I was the douchebag in this situation, even though I was trying to point out someone. So I get that. Do you do that on the podcast where you just almost pause and be like, oh, wow. Oh, Brady, my producer makes fun of me all the time. He was like, so the salty sex cast where Mariah finally comes out as bi, where Mariah finally comes out as this, by where Mariah discovered, you know, like he makes all these jokes because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never connected with that information that way. But it, that really just helped me see it in a new light. Like, so I love having guests on that just are really great in their field because how they bring topics up and it's super fun just to find new language um, and new definitions or a new light that you haven't seen some information in. So all the time, I definitely um, finally came out as as bisexual on the podcast. Like I knew I had those feelings, but just to actually verbally say it was on the podcast. And so. So that's you know, where you ini- that's where you initially said it. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been, you know, and we like along the start of the podcast if you listen to some of the really early episodes i have a co-host and her name is pamela but and she's left now but we started the podcast together and she is polyamorous and so they came on uh you know her and her partners came on talked about the lifestyle and everything and they were like so mariah is this something you'd ever do and i was like no thanks it's not something i'm interested at all and then like six, nine months later, I'm in a polyamorous relationship. And then <laughs> like, so it's, it's this whole journey of myself of like dabbling in polyamory and, and non-monogamy and finding out from, you know, and my husband and, and our journey and then saying, Hey, actually right now we're kind of off again. And so I was like, I don't know if I were like on again, off again, non-monogamous and one of my guests, she came on and she's a therapist specifically for non-monogamous um, folks and said, oh, you're just polysaturated at one. So you're open to things, but at this moment, you're saturated with just one partner. That's enough for you. I thought that was really cool just to have that language. Right. I mean, and that's a, yeah. sometimes that helps because if you don't have the word to describe it, you can't tell anyone. You can't share that feeling. You can't, I mean, because if you can't yeah. verbalize it. And, and that would. for yourself. Yeah. I belong. My, right. my human experience is validated. Like that means more to me than anything. Right. We're going to get real deep right now, but. <laughs> no, yeah. no. And, and I understand that. And it's strange when I go back and I, I'm thinking about this uh, a couple months ago, we had gone to someone's 50th birthday party and where I was talking to a woman from another couple there, and what was the term that she used for our us? She was obsessed with obsessed us. Obsessed with us. She was obsessed with us for some Just reason. Us, like we don't know why. I don't know. She it was, was weird. But then when I was just talking, we are talking about being open. I mean, not like open relationship. We don't have an open relationship. I mean, but just whatever I was saying, she goes, are you bi? And I was like, oh, it was because I had said something about I had just got a prostate massager. And she goes, are you bi? And I was like, no. And she goes, are you gay? And I was like, no. And she goes, well, why did you get a prostate massager? 
And I'm like, because I have a prostate. I mean, and here's the thing. I had never tried that. So I had never done, we had mentioned toys earlier. I had never tried anything like that. And I found out that the company that I work for secretly sells them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> secretly. Yeah. I mean, you can go, you can go, to, you can go to their website and you can go in sexual wellness and you can find it. And actually, I have been very there about putting my, my reviews on there because I put Roro the genius. So there's no like, Oh, I wonder if he's using a pseudonym or something. It was not a pen <laughs> mm-hmm. name. So I wanted everyone to know that I had left these, but I had bought a prostate massager and she thought that I must, because I was, and I do understand. I, th- when I grow up, if something went in your butt, you were gay. Absolutely. That was the way yeah, to demonize and- it. Cause you don't want to be gay. Exactly. And the way to determine that you're gay is if something goes in your butt. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, it's, it's a, like I said, all these conditioning messages, you know, that it's like a negative thing. It's, you know, and it's so different now. So different now. I mean, people are so prideful um, of, you know, just like proud of their, they're owning their sexuality. I shouldn't say prideful. They're just taking and taking that power back. Right. Right. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Like, don't, you know, like this is, we're all in a journey and I like anyway, that. Don't yuck someone else's yum. This is going to be like yum. a five-part episode. I'm sorry. I know we're <laughs> probably way over. Your no, we, we, we can talk. <laughs> I, I, I love talking. So, and, and I enjoy, I'm watching Bobby a lot because I know that she's not speaking a lot on this, but I know that she's getting a lot. I see her nodding and I can see in her eye. I mean, I, I think she's enjoying knowing that this. It, so that's some of the questions that we have. Like I've always said, hey, because I just don't want to work a regular job. I go, we should make porns and put them out <laughs> on the Internet. And one of her concern was, well, how would if someone we know sees it? And I'm Ooh, like, do you think they're going to come up and thing. do you think they're going to yeah. come up and tell you? And it goes back to a joke. And I told I don't think I told yeah. Bobby this until when we once went back when I was like 18 and 19. The only way to see naked girls was go to like strip clubs. They had like uh, like theaters back then that you could go to. I don't know what you'd call them. So anyway, there was one here in Kansas City and we went and this was a group of me and like 15 guys. And we're sitting in the back and we're, we're enjoying ourselves. But there's a guy really getting into it up front. And people are in the, our group are saying something about it. And I look and it's my mom's secretary's oh. husband. Oh, that's awesome. So I made sure that I went up and said hi to him. Because as an 18-year-old in a strip club, <laughs> that's fine. And, the, you know, but this would have been like 1986-ish, somewhere in there. So that was fine. But having an adult, so... I loved having that. I never used it, but every time I saw him, I would always give him a big smile and a big, hey, how you doing? You know, you got you guys going out anytime soon and try to, to lead that. So I think it's it's just so weird how things have changed. Well, and that's, that's something I, I did say at the beginning. You know, I still have one foot kind of in the closet just because um, our, our religious climate here in Utah Um both my husband and my family, my husband's family are Mormon. We grew up Mormon. My husband and I have been Mormon together um, and have left the church, obviously. But um, I guess it's not obvious. You can still talk about sex and be a very sexual person in Mormon. But being this open. Um, and so I still have one foot in the closet. And I was like, and, and someone was like, what if, you know, your mother-in-law finds out about the podcast? 
I'm like, I'm going to have more questions for her than she's probably going to have for me. Like, how did she find this? Right. <laughs> yeah. What and was that, she that... looking at that, you know, and so it's like, it's never been something I've been overly worried about, but I definitely want to make sure that I'm not like in people's faces or forcing this message down. Absolutely not. It is here when you're ready. There are some episodes that are so far left field that are very, very um, fringe, I guess is another word that some people use, right? Just not the norm um, that can scare some folks. Well, g- some give me an example topic of that. Yeah. Give me an yeah. example topic of a fringe episode for our, our Ooh. listeners. Um, or what know, would you consider maybe fringe? See, that's hard. Don't ask me my definition of fringe because like not a lot scares Because how about if I say that's mainstream? Because that would be, a, that's mainstream. Hello. Right. Um, you know, like even lifestyle or, or you know, swinging polyamory um, and then doing it in a very helpful way and having therapists say it's a very healthy way to express your sexuality. That scares a lot of people because for messaging, you know, for the longest time, monogamy is the only way to be a healthy partner. Monogamy is the only way to have healthy relationships. You should never um, open up to more. You should save yourself for marriage. You know, all of these messages that we've probably grown up with and, you know, that are historically tied to religion and things like that, like that is very fringy, I guess you can see. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, even things like pegging and other different, um, you know, Bobby just pointed at me when you said pegging. (laughs) Just because of (laughs) Go ahead, Bobby. Conversation. I mean, our kids say that, and it, I didn't know what that was. Well, it, it, they did, and that's a, another thing about terminology has really changed. So I found out oh, recently yeah. that if you're 25 or under, unless your parents were like us and open, you don't know what a Hummer is. You have no idea that a Hummer is a blowjob. Right. It's a car. It's a car. And I did this. I found that out. Someone said something, and then I asked our daughters who are... One is 25. She didn't know. The other one's 19. She didn't know. They go, it's a car. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And then I started asking, and it seemed like the only person that I found under 25 that knew that a Hummer was a blowjob was someone that said, well, my parents weren't. They sounded like uh, me and Bobby, where we weren't. I mean, we would. But our kids didn't know what that was, so that doesn't make sense. No. (laughs) No. So it's weird, though, that the terminology has even changed. Because we didn't know what pegging was. And then Trinity, our youngest, she she always loves it. She's very open like me. So she, (laughs) Bobby's just rolling her eyes. But she asked, she goes, have you ever let mom peg you? And we have this we have this big joke in our family. It's yet. yet. Yeah. The, yes. the yet. Yeah, we're yet. I go, no, not, not yet. yet. Yeah. So I I mean, and here's my thing. When I went to when I bought the prostate massager, I was it's all right. I mean, it's it's not earth shattering for me. It's not earth changing for me. Um so I It's because you've had me. I know. I but it's you know I was I wanted to try it. I wasn't against trying anything because that's how you determine whether you like something or not. Absolutely. Unless mm-hmm. you have a lot of other information. Unless you're me. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Bobby. <laughs> yeah. So, there she goes. I'm sure Bobby has still tried plenty yeah. and has said yes or no. <laughs> what was that, Bobby? I'm not a big trier. <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, we and that's never been it. But I, she's 
always never been one to just, we'll, we'll talk about things. And mm-hmm. that, that's fine. I understand there are certain things that you may not like or you may not want. And here's another thing that I was thinking about this week. One of the problems my mind never shuts off. But I was thinking about, I am a big bidet person. Mm, we traveled yeah. out of the country. I found a bidet, what a bidet was. I knew what they were, but I'd actually used one for the first time in 2008, and we've had one ever since. Love bidets. And there seems to be a lot of talk about, I don't think there's a, a, a better word than Just say it. I think it's actually analingus oh. is the yeah. correct term, but yeah. ass-eating. And so I always oh, joke. Toss and salad is a big thing right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm always like, why are bidets not a bigger deal right. <laughs> than, I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm always fresh down there. So, I mean, if someone's like, I'm going to eat your ass, I'd be like, okay, have fun. I mean, it would be like, it's, at least it's clean. And then I started yeah, think yeah. I was trying to think about when people are like, well, it's because it's dirty. And then I'm a dog person and I'm going to keep thinking, I get kisses from my dog. There's probably yeah. 99% of the chance within the last five minutes she's been licking herself probably at yeah. some point. So, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that because it's a butt or whatever, you know, you have that thing. Because I always joke that a lot of the videos that I have during my – when I work out at home, I just let YouTube videos run. And a lot of them are – Ass shaking, ass. I mean, that's what it's a, about a lot, and it's just funny that 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 has changed because that was something that would have never been. Meant, I mean, I don't think I had ever really even heard of that about that unless there was a joke. I think there was a Chris Rock stand up thing in the nineties about tossing mm-hmm. a salad when you mentioned that, but mm-hmm. um, that that's the only time. So that's really that's changed a lot too. Yeah, there. I mean, you have things that come in ebbs and flows, right? And that's probably a new trendy thing is a lot of butt play, a lot of backdoor stuff. Felt like I just did a an Instagram reel. I saw it. I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) No hard pass. I love that. That was very good. Um, And that is something I have tried, and I can say, you know, I'm just not a huge fan of that sensation. And it's not that I have been like, no, no, no. Right. But most of the time I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Maybe just, well, nope, just kidding. You know, right. and it's, it's incremental and it has been self exploration too, Right. but the judgment isn't there. I'm not judging myself for not liking it. I have so many friends who are like loving backdoor play who absolutely love it who want double penetration, toys, all the things. And I'm like, I just cannot. Right. And so I felt for a little bit of time that I was missing out on something. Right. So I felt a little pressure to really, really go explore it. And I was like, you know, I have given this a good old college try. It's just not for me. And I'm okay with that. And so I really want to give everyone permission just because everyone else is doing it. Doesn't mean you're going to like it. If you know, you know, and just tell everyone to, you know, Right. I don't and, know if we can swear on your podcast. Oh, but. yeah. 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 Oh, yes, we can. So, okay. but it, that <laughs> is one off. thing that, you know, le- letting people, I've never understood this. And Bobby and I talk about it all the time where people can't say no. And it doesn't matter to what it is, whether it's no to someone. It doesn't matter what it is. People seem to have a hard time saying no. And you can just say no. I, and maybe it's yeah. because they're feeling that they're getting judged. But just like you said, is that when I brought bought that prostate massager is 
I did it twofold. I wanted to try it and I wanted to leave a review just because <laughs> I really wanted to zing it to some people. But the exactly. it, it it's fine. Like I say, I mean, if, if someone's like, if Bobby's like, do you want to? I mean, I, I I just don't know. It wasn't earth shattering for me. And yeah. and just like you said, that's fine. I don't need to. I tried it and I didn't like it, but. Someone, um, actually the person that asked that other question had asked something and I didn't know, but they, is there anything anally for a woman like a, cause they don't have a prostate that can be stimulated. Is there any sort of G spot related to the woman in that area? There's definitely a lot of things that are going on down there. I mean, you know, you're, you're there a lot of your nerve endings are quite condensed for a woman for a woman down there okay. right so it can still help build pressure against your vaginal wall if you have something inserted in there so that's why I like double penetration or or butt plugs so then um your male partner or a, a dildo or something can hit your g-spot better um, and it causes, you know, cause it's like one thing's pushed against one wall, the other thing's pushed against the right. other and it kind of gets like, you know, so there's like different things like that. Um, and I know that's why a lot of people like it or just the vibration, you know, something that vibrates down there can, um, help everything. Um, it just depends on your nerve endings and what you enjoy. So it's just, it, there's so many different ways. And that's why I'm saying there's not one way to have pleasure. There's not one way to have sex. There's not one way to explore. Every human experience is normal. Like there is rare, rare cases that it's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I've, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've seen your merchandise and I love your merchandise on your website, but you need, oh, you need one that just says there's not just one way. Oh, I like that. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, everyone is different. Something that I may like may be different than what someone else, is, uh, else likes. You need to determine what you like. And if that incorporates nicely with your, your partner, that's great. Because I do know there are times where Bobby and I will be intimate and we'll get into a position where I know that one of us is enjoying it a lot more than the other one. Oh, always. Yeah. yeah. So, and, like and that, you know, so, so man, this has been so much fun talking to you and it at some point I'm going to also talk to you about podcasting because I will tell you the most jealous (laughs) I've got about you so far is when you keep talking about this producer that you have (laughs) and Bobby laughs because that has always been a bane to my existence I wish I could I tell my my co-host in New York City that I found the perfect job. He goes, yeah. And he goes, where? I go, I gave it to you because I just want someone to say, show up at this time on this date and we'll record and have someone else podcast or do the soundboard or do all these, you know, get us a themed song. I wanted to get a smile out of Bobby on that one because we've been, we're 23 episodes in or still don't have a theme song yet. You know, that's maybe just, you just need to record some bones from your sex session. And I've said that too. Song. See, and that's another <laughs> thing that I think is preventing me. I always talk about how open I am. Mm-hmm. And for my retirement, I opened an OnlyFans account. But I've oh. done I've done nothing with it. And I've always said I, I would do any. I mean, I will do. I'm not very shy. It's funny how your spectrum changes like. 
you know, if, if someone came up to me and said, um, I don't even know, but if, the, what I would do for money now is much different at 54 than it would have been at 24. And so I am glad that OnlyFans has shown up. I just haven't done anything. And I still think that's part of me, even though I say I'm so open and I'll do this and do that. But yet I'm, there's still a, a timid part of me that won't do whatever happens on OnlyFans. So, hmm. and, and it's weird that, you know, that even talking to you, and I guess I've never gone to a therapist. So I guess this is what happens in therapy is that you also talk, because when I'm talking, I'm like, oh. Right. Because I, I, I'm becoming more self-aware, which I love. Right. Right. My therapist loves me because I end up just, he just listens and I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. I just realized this, blah, 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 yada, yada. I, he barely right. gets two words in typical. Yeah. But they'll, <laughs> so. they'll bail you for the full hour. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, but I think they do that on your podcast too. So now you do have a milestone coming up in, in your pod- podcast. The end of May, correct? Of milestone. Yes, we are hitting 100 episodes. And so, hold on, I have something uh, for that. I don't know if you can yep. hear that on your end, but that—that's the applause button. I actually added some applause. Oh, I can't hear it. it doesn't come through. On I know phone. for some reason going out on the phone, it won't. But Bobby and I heard it, and it was it, for me not being a very good producer. There was pretty good timing pretty of good. me hitting, hitting the applause. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have 100 episodes coming up. You doing anything special? We sure are. We are throwing a big old bonfire party in Hooper, Utah. So if anyone wants to come out, take the train. There's a big train station in Utah right by there. Now, let um, me ask. Hold on. I'm going to stop you, you right there. Took your train. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that actually, is that the Amtrak train that goes west into like San Francisco? Do you know? Um, I do not know. Amtrak, yes. Okay. Because <laughs> Bo- Bobby and I have always talked about, we take the train a lot. And we have a daughter that goes yeah. to school in Chicago. And we've always so cool. talked about going through the Rockies. We've never gone through the yes. Rockies. And we th- we've oh. always talked about leaving like Chicago and then taking the last time uh, a couple of weeks ago, we took a sleeper car, which was amazing. And we've talked about going through the Rockies, which would pass right through there. So that's why, sorry, I just had to ask because who knows, maybe someone will make a visit someday. So, okay. So your 100 eth- episode is coming up and the date again? That is May 28th is our, our party date. So um, 90 days from today. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it seems like a long time out there until I start thinking of all the things that are going into it. We actually have a brew supply company in Ogden that is going to make us a signature salty sex cast sour beer because I love sours. And so I'm so excited for this. So there's there's a lot of fun things that are going to happen for it. Um and if you want tickets or just want to hear about more what's going on, you can visit saltysexcast.com and you can listen to our podcast there, buy our merch, whatever, want to learn some more things. Um, it's a brand new website. I'm still t- tweaking it, so don't judge me on on the... It is it is very nice. I would have not known Thank that you. it was is fairly new. I was uh, I've been on it this week and so I, I noticed. And that's oh. where I noticed your merch. Your Your merch is very nice too. I like your logo. Very much so. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I was a local artist that designed that. So yeah, I try to keep things as local as we can to Utah because there's a lot of cool fucking people here. Yeah, there are. And I will tell you, I, I like very much of your Instagram. So I will make sure I, I, I share you. that as well. And for people that aren't following after this episode, follow Mariah on the Salty Sex Cast 
Instagram as well. So I will share that because it's a lot of fun. You share a lot of fun content. And see, once again, this goes back to the whole producer thing is that is not my forte. There are episodes that I forget to promote, which maybe there's a reason why I will not forget to promote this one, but there are been times like that. So I am so glad that we had you on the show. I am I'm probably having more questions. I will probably spend the next hour yeah. writing down to questions. Hey, well, if you want to chat off air, I'm I'm still available. I I know you are. So I want to say thank <laughs> you so much for being on the show, Bobby. You want to say anything? No, thank you. It was great. It was. I I will tell you, I know that she did not talk a lot during this podcast, but I know that she got a lot out of it because I've been watching her face the whole time. So or most of the time. <laughs> it's nice. And that that's one of those things that Bobby is she's will she's I, I I'm glad that she was on the this call. I mean on this podcast because I, I didn't know whether she would be comfortable even listening to this talk. So I appreciate Bobby being on this podcast. I appreciate yeah. you being on this podcast, Mariah. Everyone that's listened, thank you so much. Mariah, anything to say in goodbyes to our peoples? Hey, there's not just one way. I love that. I, I think you need to make a, a shirt or something like that. That was great. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be. Thank you for the idea. I love it. Okay. So everyone Thank else, you so much. you're welcome. Bobby, you want to send us out? Sure. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Longest One Night Stand with Bobby. And Ro, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you later.